I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. We all lost an hour of sleep, but there's a few Canada fans that struggle to sleep at all Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday was a horror movie as we watched Alfonso Davies limp off with a hamstring tear for Bayern Munich and then saw Max Crepo break his leg in the MLS Cup final. Sunday was sobering with the news that Fonzie would miss Bayern Munich's remaining meaningless games and would be ready to play at the World Cup. Unai has entered the villa and every Aston Villa fan was on Love Island for 90 minutes. I'm still there, boys, and you can't knock me off. Gareth Bale broke blue-collar working hearts and our hearts break for Maxime Crepo. Liverpool can win away charms, and London is red. And producer Dan Wong is not dead. But to my disappointment, he's not fucking here either. Neither is Jimmy Brennan. But at least I have you, James Sharman and Greg Forrest. So uh, welcome, gents. I think we gained an hour of sleep. You're doing? We're doing better than your internet, Craig. Didn't we gain an hour of sleep? Right? Gain the, an hour? Yeah, because the clocks fell back. Oh, shit. That's why I feel good? Yeah, that's why. Oh, my God. What a great start. That <laughs> that's why you feel good. Now. Oh, I usually feel like a bag of hammers around this time, but I feel pretty good. <laughs> I thought I lost an hour. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, my... when it springs forward, that's when it screws me up. Look, but this my... time it's, it's great. My head is spinning. It's a busy time. We're all preparing for a winter World Cup that is just ruining routines that we're used to. This uh, We're doing pumping out four shows a week. We've all got so much going on. I can't remember how the clocks actually work in time. No, it's been it's so long since we moved them. I know. I just discovered as uh, Welcome Back, Craig Forrest, that we gained an hour of sleep, not lost an hour of sleep. <laughs> he, he goes to me, he goes, oh, so that's why I feel so good. It's like, yeah, that's why. <laughs> well, I'm also not used to feeling so good about Aston Villa. But holy shit, guys. Unai Emery was built for the Premier League. 
and, and not just that, but I mean, Ronaldo gets the armband, which oh. I thought was going to be the the solution to all that ails United. Turns out it's just another problem. Well, look, he <laughs> ran into one of the best teams in the country all of a sudden, so you can't blame Ronaldo. I feel bad that it had to be you know this day because people will say, "Oh, bench him." And it was like you can. I think you can appreciate charms. This was an emotional roller coaster for me. Um, <laughs> JC, no kidding. Text in our group, and it's perfect. He's like, "Dunny, is this is this like watching your wife and your mistress fight for your love?" <laughs> I've never been in the position of having a mistress, but I would feel like yes. This is this is probably as close as you can get to describing my feeling. Who would be whom? Well, obviously Ronaldo's the mistress. I've been with Villa longer. Yeah, but I, I just had to ask a question because you are though very much in love with Ronaldo, whereas whereas Villa over recent years has just let you down and broken your heart on a continuous basis. Not the marrying type. I mean, if you polled a hundred married men, would they not describe that as their marriage situation? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. Not me. No, not me either. No. Nope. <laughs> For the record, not me. Yep, consistent. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, look, I didn't want to talk about Villa first, uh, but let's just get out of the way because it was amazing, and I'm still on this high. Unai Emery said in his very first press conference his dream was to win a trophy. Uh, Craig, I think you can appreciate this. Beating Manchester United felt like a trophy for me and a, and a lot of Villa fans because that's a team that has haunted Villa supporters for most of my lifetime. For, for 23 years, really. I flipped over. Uh, I was watching West Ham at the time, and I was like, oh, hold on a minute. Saw that the Villa scores two goals inside, what, 12, 11 minutes. So I flip over there, and I'm watching, and I'm like, <clears throat> if you didn't know any different, you'd think Villa were in the top four. They were buzzing, mm. absolutely buzzing. They outworked Manchester United, I thought, too, really heavily. Then in the half, they, they nicked that goal, United. And because they were so poor in the first half, I thought they would be come out flying in the second half. But Villa, absolutely masterclass. Hey, Jacob Ramsey Brace. <laughs> it was special to see. The standout for me is, has been Leon Bailey. Really. I mean, Leon Bailey looks like a player. He, he's a player that I've criticized. I'm pretty sure I've done this on the show. But he, he had really driven me nuts since showing up a villa because you can see these glimpses of superstardom but then he's invisible or useless or injured right uh he started to show though why every Concacaf team thought that they had a reason to fear jamaica because he can take over a match against the some of the best mm -hmm. teams you know in the league in the premier league He's just got to stay healthy right that's i think that's he's one of those players if he stays healthy that's what he'll do he's that good I mean, last year he showed flashes of absolute brilliance, and and again this year I thought I agree with you. He was the best player on the field today. I thought he, he went down at one point. I thought, uh oh, it looked pretty nasty. Got back up, shrugged it off. Um, but yeah, very very good performance. Great performance by Villa. It's just strange though, eh, Craig? And maybe you can make sense of it. The whole man new manager bounce. And we've we've spoken about it a lot on this show. But yeah, there, it's just weird. There's something to it because I know Villa got a good result a couple of weeks ago, but. They just look like a different and re-energized group of players out there today. Yeah, you, you look at that, and you, that's the reason why uh, ownership changes uh, managers, hoping for that kind of response. 
no question about it. But he's the type of manager that expects a lot from them, right? Person like the physically, um, they need to work really hard. He's new, even if they have World Cup possibilities down the road here it's really important to look after your club so you want to make sure you do well for your manager and you're going to play the way he wants to so they were they were on top of it just right on top of it united were a step behind for the mass majority of the game and he's a guy too especially the situation that villa's in to have change managers mid-season that you want to impress and feel like the bar has been raised you know and i also think too that there's a lot to it when you see these ex-players struggle in management and i think steven jar is going to get another chance for sure but there's a adjustment period it seems craig uh, them realizing what it's like to have been the player that's done it talking with a main group of players majority of players that could never do what they actually did as a player and so trans finding that translation for themselves in understanding what mm-hmm. can be done and expectation for themselves um is a process and some guys figure it out and some guys don't like Thierry Henry. Mm-hmm. I think I think Montreal was the the perfect example for him where he he knew he was going to a level that was n- not the level that he played at and was used to and was a level below having coached at Monaco. But he could see that there wasn't he could not find the balance between coaching players that would never do what he was able to do and mm-hmm. himself accepting most of these players can't do that. I need to find a way to speak to the person instead of speaking about what I would do. Yeah. I always find it uh, the the best chances for players to be good managers are guys that are journeymen, guys that really had to work really hard to stay in the, you know, 20 man squad or even better yet managers that are players that can't make it. I mean, John Herman's a great example. You get into management and coaching specifically so young, you're in your early 20s, so you start to figure things out. And by the time you're 30, 35, these players are still playing, retiring. They have no idea what it's like to manage. No idea. But the ones that sort of pay attention, like, I mean, I remember Slavin Bilic in particular, West Ham. He was he was really, um, um, or Igor Stimak, was really uh, uh, very intense uh, about training and philosophy and asking lots of questions that most of the time Harry uh, Redknapp couldn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on, on that note, so you got, like, like B mentioned there, you got the Henri's of the world, these great, great superstar players who can't quite connect with the average footballer who doesn't see the game the way they see it. Okay, you got that. But then on the other flip side, what about those, those blue-collar worker players who, who ground out Decent careers, never stars, maybe in the lower leagues, but they got there through effort, heart, desire, discipline. And then they now get into management and they deal with these big-time Charlies with all the skill in the world who aren't prepared to put that in. Is, is that a similar disconnect with, with their players, I wonder? Yeah, probably, somewhat, to, to a certain extent. But most of the time when you're, you're bringing in players and if you're scouting properly and you're looking at somebody to bring in, you should know the character of that player pretty well. I mean, the top clubs are bringing in established players. They should know everything about them as far as how they are in the dressing room and getting along and showing up for training and all these things. They're all important. I mean, really in the Premier League, I mean, in the top divisions in the, around the world, the 
what makes the difference between those players and lower division players is that they can do it three times a week Mm -hmm. and they consistently do it. And you see guys in lower divisions, yeah, you, you know, star player for here, this game. And then they go missing for five games and they're star player again. And just consistency goalkeepers is just a consistency thing and how many mistakes you make or not. Well, you know, if you, if you heard Conte's comments after today's Spurs loss to Liverpool, um, and I know some of the tabloids are reading between the lines saying, oh, he's kind of, once again, threatening to leave if, you know, the club and the fans don't acquiesce to his desires. He said basically, you know, post-match, you know, he, he's in it for the energy and the emotion and the minute that goes or turns on him, that's when it's time for him to leave, essentially. The players are booed off at halftime in the Spurs mm-hmm. match today. Um, and that's the connection they're making. But that's a, a manager that has to feel that in that room and be with players that are exuberant themselves and energetic players. And that he won't work with certain types of personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see him getting tiring for some players, right? For sure. Oh, yeah. I think he tires himself out. I think he gets tired of these situations, right? That's that's also why he he's very yeah. quick to leave. I mean, look at this situation at Juve. Max Allegri would have couldn't dream of that situation. Certainly not there, but to to walk away from it the way that he did, and mm-hmm. I mean, who really knows what happened at Chelsea? But I don't think any of us are truly surprised that Conte, you know, had a shorter stint than Jose. Yeah, it seems that he comes into a club and either it works straight away for a couple of years and he gets trophies and it's brilliant or or it doesn't and, and he leaves with the tail between his legs. It's one or the other, right? And with Spurs now, it's it's year two. Mm-hmm. Still haven't seen that much progress, you know, mm-hmm. really, have we? I, I know they qualified for the round of 16 in the Champions League. Um, they just show moments, but they still can't play 90 minutes of football. Still. I mean, again, mm-hmm. today, they were awful in that first half. You know, and maybe by this point, you know, in a tenure at a club, you should be seeing more more progress than we're seeing at Spurs under Conte. Some of the individual mistakes were just terrible. <sighs> Especially with Salah. Dyer, Dyer with the, the awful, I mean, listen, Salah was all over and jumped in it. And, you know, but you know Salah's there. You're careful. Lloris was lucky himself a couple of occasions. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, Spurs, I mean, listen, I know they came on strong late, but how many times have we heard that this season about Spurs? They look great late in that match, um, but they, they couldn't get it done. One, you know, a moment of brilliance from Harry Kane, and how many times has he bailed them out? But that wasn't enough today. Thank Christ. First time Liverpool have won on the road all season. That's nuts, isn't it? It's the beginning of November. <laughs> I tell you, they're looking good, though. The back-to-back really good performances. But they need to be consistent with that. Oh yeah, and they haven't been right, and that's why they're not. That's why they're not in the title race, and they won't be. No, they could. They, they could still. I don't think any of us would be surprised if in April, uh, beginning of May, we're talking about you know, Liverpool finishing top four. But this is a team that you thought was a lock to finish in the top three, and top and top two. It's amazing, isn't it, how quickly the game passes us by? Because how long ago was it that we were saying how young and dynamic? Clubs Liverpool was. They were so young. And now, if not the oldest, they're one of the oldest teams in the league, you know, by some margin, right? I think they're, I think they're fourth or fifth oldest in the league at this point. And, they, and it's showing, right? And great yeah. managers get a chance and, and they build more than one team, right? And that's what Klopp has to do now. He's to build another team. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll 
take time now. Can you do that by finishing outside the top four? We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, the time just flashes by so quickly. It really does. Um, and so does this show because you took it straight into your club's match when I hadn't finished with mine. Well, well you know, I was going to say, be sorry to interrupt there, but <laughs> the power of the host, right? This is a great example of power of the host. In, in a weekend, what, it's a crazy weekend. It's a brilliant weekend. Great goals, great matches, a couple of really marquee tilts in England. MLS Cup, you know, something happened in Bayern Munich's game to some Canadian player. But B starts with Aston Villa. <laughs> Gets, you know, respect. God I would have done the same thing in your shoes, but uh, it just shows the power of the host. Featured Cristiano Ronaldo. That feel that's always a lead in any <laughs> medium, whether you're written or or speaking as this is. Um, but I just wanted to say we can all agree that Villa's winning the Europa League twenty four twenty five. Well, duh. conference. Okay, no, no, no. The real Europa League, the one with the song, real good song. <laughs> hey, Craig, is Arsenal going to win the Premier League? Holy shit! I tell you, I hope I I hope the race is uh, continues to be as tight as it is. It's going to be a lot of fun. London is red after their one nil win over Chelsea, yeah. and uh, honestly, I think this was a this was a belief game for them. Yeah, to so go to Stamford Bridge and and win. And <laughs> honestly, I had written uh, Sharma kind of answered it. What are Spurs? What are Chelsea? I I don't really know. I think we all expected that they would, you know, take a, a bit of time to kind of figure themselves out under Potter. He's taking some time to figure them out as well. But I thought we'd have a clearer picture by now, to be honest. With the squad that he has, I thought I thought we'd have a, a better picture of what this Chelsea team really is. And oh, come away from that, all I can say is that Arsenal are title contenders. I think they've got the best center back duo in the Premier League. Well, yeah, Gabriel and Saliba, I mean, they're brilliant today, weren't they? They really were. But yeah, I look at Chelsea, though, and it just reminds me of the Tuchel Chelsea, and, and it just seems kind of disjointed the way it's, the, the team's put together. You know, I don't know how to put it better in words, but there's something wrong. They're okay. They're, they're a good team. And on any given day, they could, you know, record a really important win. And they're going to be mm. fine for European sports. But there's something about that group of players, and it will take Potter a long time to put his mark on that team I think but yeah. something's not fitting there right it's like a jigsaw puzzle that isn't quite fitting together a couple of straight edges yeah he was, remember he was on a really good run up until a couple of games ago yeah sure uh Sterling's not as not the same I uh wonder if Pep saw something coming there yeah he's been disappointing hasn't he Kai Havertz isn't the same player as he was last year yeah um it's his team sorry yeah. I mean, he misses Timo Werner. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he's got a broken heart. It's just, it's a tough division too, man. Well, man, Oof. Yeah. he's got no one to talk to anymore. No one's, no one's brought this up about Kai Havertz. Rudiger's gone. Well, that's Timo's a big loss, gone. right? Rudiger, really big loss. His coach is gone. He's just sitting there talking to himself. Kai Havertz <laughs> in the corner. It, it really is weeping. All right. But but it does when you have you know we say this all the time cliques can uh, usually we speak about cliques as a as a negative exclusively in football but when you talk about like groups there's got to be something to it right Craig when you've got four German guys that's kind of the clique I'm sure they they're friends with other players but then you lose that overnight and obviously a club like that that has the turnover that they do now socially you're you're alone if you're Kai Havertz. Yeah, there's a certain aspect to that too. You try to make sure that the players are all sort of socially connected, you know, mm-hmm. as well, a little bit. Is that so, like when, when when Frank left Ipswich, Craig? You know, the Canadian clique was broken. 
<laughs> Never yeah. recovered. Oh, I was gutted. Yeah. And he was there for like I guess eleven years of the at Ipswich when I was there before he went to Tampa Bay. Good move though by his part, you know, leaving leaving a little bit earlier. Could have got another year or two over there and thought I'll go to Tampa Bay, get in there, take my coaching licenses, sort of get set up in the States and, and Thomas Rongan's high I brought him in, right? He was the head coach of Tampa. Yeah, right, that's right. Then they went to Washington together and there was Frankie Chicago, I think, too. Yeah, Chicago and DC Galaxy Beckham thing. Took the San Jose job. Yeah, um, knowing when to leave at just the right time. Maybe a little, yeah. like I said, a little bit early. But but I, I get the impression, B, I don't know about you, that Craig. Craig's not a cliquey guy. No. I, I can see you, Craig, like moving around the room, sitting in different benches, different seats, just, you know, the cool guy that everyone likes, different cliques, you know, the, the Germans, <laughs> the Italians, and the English, and the Northern English, and the Scotsman, and the Irish. Craig just moves around them all. Kind of whore, you kind of whore yourself to the room. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Well, it was hard when I was 16 and when I was trying to figure out what was going on. You got these Scottish guys and Irish and Northern Ireland. I'm just like, jeez, I, I didn't finish school yet. I'm not really up to do on this political shit. I thought, I thought everybody got along. I'm like, how wrong I was. But that must... So that must have helped you too, Craig. The fact that you got to like, kind of learn that and you, you got a moment to uh, you know be Britishified, if you will, in yeah. the youth team, um, as opposed to joining the senior team at 18 or 19 or 20, coming from Canada. Yeah. I think that that probably you know, laid a real foundation for you and was a, was a key part of your success. That's right. And I think with going over early was recommended um, not just for that reason, but that's a really important reason, but to get those extra, they, they would sign you on, you know, potential as mm -hmm. opposed to if you go over at 18, 19, you're almost got to be the finished product. I mean, you see these college kids coming out as, you know, getting drafted at 22, 23 and they're like, Oh, you know, young guy. And it's like young guy. How many games has Alfonso played? He's just, yeah. just turned 22. How many he's played a hundred odd games, isn't he? Yeah. Like, not young. And oh. he's going to play three more in Qatar. You know, that, that that's actually worked out to the, the very best case scenario, I think, guys. I got to tell you. I know. Right? I know. Oh, I, uh, I think it's Herbman's magic. I think he had a little whisper in uh, Fonzie's ear. No, yeah, I wonder, eh? When the book comes, out one, book comes out one day, I wonder, you know? Me, you wonder, so right? When, when can, I, can I, do I have your permission? Can I write that book with Herbman before we do yours? I've been trying. Yeah. To, I've been trying to do yours for four years. Yeah, he's gonna. It's gonna be a while before he'll be able to let those secrets go. I think. I think I mean, the the first next job. Whatever his first club job is. Yeah. Right. Then I think he'll he'll start to. He'll he'll get the inkling to want to share some stories. Maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll be one of those guys where he he takes a top national team job somewhere or even a moderate national team job like switzerland or something yeah but how do you step up from the world champions craig well that's right he's going to be with us for a while <laughs> there's no way you know the defending world cup champion coach is going to quit between world cups when it's yeah. at home the next time around like good on. point right very very good point <laughs> but you're right about like 
the you know the suspicion the speculation the uh hope to some extent that oh maybe this is this was kind of planned um fonzie's got himself out of these two meaningless games for bayern munich I, I will admit the clarification from the bayern munich account very early on sunday morning for us on the east coast i i did find that to actually be very classy because i think as a club they know how much the playing in the world cup means to the player they know how much it means to his country they know how much how he means to his country and for a club that notoriously seems to be very stingy with players on international duty and to be honest they can be assholes with players on international duty um i wasn't expecting that to come from them i was expecting that to come from raf honigstein yeah no it's a really good point actually i I was surprised with that as well and to do it so early in the morning as well in our time Mm -hmm. often these things they get scans but there obviously wasn't even a scan right I, I, i don't know that for a fact um, but it, it, I, I think what happened was, and like I said, we'll find out one day with a book, right? And, and I'm sure there's a number of players doing the same thing. I bet he, he, I bet he felt something in his hamstring. I don't doubt that. Yeah, not tonight, but of course. He could, he could probably play through, right? But being this close, not going to risk it, and, and who could blame mm-hmm. him? That's just pure and utter speculation. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I would have done in his shoes. Let's put it that way. Feel a little, ah, ooh, that's... Ooh. I don't like the feeling of that, but I, I could soldier through. If, if there wasn't a World Cup next week, I, I'd be staying on the field, or at the very least, I'd mm-hmm. be uh, you know available next weekend. Mm. Yeah, I think he felt it. It wasn't when he was chasing; it was when he he actually reached. He lunged in and yeah. with his right foot. That's when he tweaked it, and then when he started to chase, he took a couple steps and was like, "Yeah, I feel something there." But yeah, if he uh, those don't get better. But I don't know about you guys. When so we've been talking about injuries for a while, right? Because of the World Cup, and and it hasn't really bothered me so far. It's like yeah, England lose Reese James, and Ben Chilwell's done his hammy and stuff, and it's uh, it's frustrating. It hasn't really pissed me off that much because everyone's going. When that happened on Saturday, and I saw those tweets come down, I I felt nauseous. I was so fucking angry. Yeah. God damn it, this goddamn World Cup and goddamn UEFA and goddamn clubs agreeing to condense the schedule and god god damn, god, 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 god. I was so angry. <laughs> was like, you know what? That to me is the switch for me. That made me more Canadian than English, I think that moment. Wow. I've been going through the same injuries in England and it's ah sucks but whatever. When when it's a Canadian boy, I felt so aggrieved and so pissed off with the world. Oh my god. This switch has been hit. Here it is. Yeah. And then I, Max later on in the day, that was just uh, a, that again, a nauseous. heartbreaker. It really is for a guy too. That's had such an amazing season as well. And then you saw, uh, I don't know if you saw Gareth Bale on the pitch before they even got the trophy and he was FaceTiming with Max. Looked mm. like he was headed to the hospital. Um, Max Brodo said it on the show, how Max Crapo has, like an instant fan favorite in Los Angeles, not just with the 3252, but within the club, like absolute leader, like legend player. They kind of needed to get them to the next level and uh, minutes away from probably being subbed off too, Craig. Like John McCarthy is a penalty kick specialist played for Philadelphia. The broadcast team was speculating based on how he was kind of moving before not f- formally warning warming up but uh, all these coaches are chatting him up as extra time starts and gets going and then f- minutes away from that uh, for for Crepo to to have that injury they didn't even show the replay on Fox. Yeah I know yeah from a, a giveaway as well right 
which it means injury is an injury. But when it's a giveaway like that, it mean I, I forget who it was who gave the ball away, but he must be feeling sick. Yeah. As well, and, and uh, the way he challenged when he's coming out with his leg isn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend a goalkeeper challenging or anybody challenging like that when you're bringing it's like a stick against a tree, you know. Like it's. So how should he have done it, Craig? Like in that situation, you're coming out, you're chasing the ball down. Like, what is the best way for a keeper? Outside well, you see, he he'd known at that point where he got to a stage where I'm not going to get there first. Like this is going to be, but I need to stop him. He was split second, knew that this was not going to be good from a card perspective um but he had to stop him so he he just put his leg out sort of sideways and then he's coming by so fast he's actually sort of whacked him with it you know you got to go a little bit straighter you know that's why you don't see guys kind of going like that especially at the pace he was going <laughs> like just leaving a leg there and letting him running into it's bad enough let alone try to apply a little bit of force fuck it's just really unfortunate what a what a crushing crushing thing for him but um i did text him today i haven't heard anything obviously he's got other priorities but you know he overall like where he's at right now his career he's in a great place he's at a good club they just won the championship i mean this is all going that his leg's going to be fine right we don't know exactly the what's going on there but um he's worked his ass off to get to where he is now and those opportunities and listen Milan Borian is getting older he's going to be what 39 38 at least during the next world cup so there'll be somebody else and there's challenges to him but he certainly got every shot of starting in 2026 so that's got to be sort of what he focuses on and you know he's he's worked hard and he's in a good place overall it, the, the story's good and it's a setback but as long as he gets through this and looks after himself he'll he'll be just fine and i'm assuming that he'll he'll rehab at home in in quebec where uh, he's on a more friendlier time zone to watch the canada games as he sits there in front of the tv with his leg up and spins his championship ring around <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe staying in LA for the winter might not be a bad idea either. Yeah, I would. I would honestly think that if it's medically safe for him, I don't know because this, this surgery or whatever. I'm not even sure exactly what they've done to him. But he's going to have to spend enough to, a, a certain amount of time uh, next few weeks, you know, here. But there might be an opportunity, and how great would that be for the team for him to show up? You know. For the Croatia game or something, just come in the dressing room. You know, would be amazing gesture from then if if he could if he could do it and it wasn't going to hurt him or hurt his leg in any way. Then, yeah, I mean, and and like you said, you know, with him with LA, he's got a similar reputation with Canada, right? He's a leader mm-hmm. for a backup goalkeeper. He's a leader, mm-hmm. and like you said, he won't be a backup for long. Although Dane, that's one thing about Canada, right? We have such depth in goal. Dane Sinclair is really solid. Yeah, yeah. And there's people out there who think he'll be the number one by the time the World Cup's here in four years. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's right. it's, if you're going to get an injury in Canada, that's the one position where there's genuine depth. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was horrible. Yeah. And Saturday could have been, it, it was horrible anyway, but Saturday could have been, a, 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 could have been called Black Saturday in Canadian football circles moving forward. Thankfully, not the case with Fonzie. But uh, yeah, to start the day with his injury and then that, it was, I'm sure a lot of Canadian fans had had some tough sleeps last night. So at least we had the good news first in this morning. Yeah. 
I found myself watching the Lil game a little bit, flipping through that, making sure. I know. Right? I did the same thing. <laughs> I did the same thing because I thought, Jesus, something bad's going to happen here. And I don't want to see it on Twitter later or text from one of you guys. Someone yeah. tweet the injury. Someone tweet David's injury. Oh, yeah. God. Thankfully, that didn't happen. couple games um, left, I guess. A couple for those guys. Uh, they cup. got two left. It's one weekend. Yeah, but I, there's I, cups, right? I'm, I'm not sure in France if there is or not. I'm not sure in France either. Ba- yeah. Bayern had two matches before. The one league game, yeah. and they said you have a cup match, which he probably would have been available for, Fonzie, if not for this. Um, let's finish on this MLS Cup final then since we've got right into it. Um, Craig, John McCarthy in the penalty shootout was massive. Like, penalties what a game in general. Anyways, penalties weren't the best, but I tell you, like, he got in their heads early. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You're right, though. Yeah, it wasn't the best penalty shootout. But was that the best MLS game of all time, Sharps? Yeah, it, what, it the game of all time? I mean, final for sure. Game yeah. for sure. There's so much. One thing about MLS is there's many, there's a long, long litany of chaotic games, right? Yes. MLS loves chaos, and it was chaos in this one. It was probably way up there. I mean, my God. The last 20 minutes is just absolutely nuts. And for, of all people, Gareth Bale, who I think we, we actually may have called this actually on Friday's show, I think. He was going to score a, a big goal. In the final? And he did. I think we called it. Then we have someone did. It's freaking Bale is what he does, right? Big games. Look at his year. It's been an amazing year for him. It is what he does, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was box office. It was brilliant. It was lots of goals, late goals, great goals. Um, what more do you want from a football match? They did a nice job with that. It was a, inside the stadium too, you know, the atmosphere, the nice theater. It's been amazing. Like the, the daytime there too, it would have been great to have, have had that at night. Those super late night games that they have in the summer because of how bloody hot it is in California. There are 11.30 p.m. kickoffs for us. I always think the atmosphere in there sounds incredible. They were able to replicate that in the day. I did feel bad for anyone who's local because they. this is typical of MLS. It's always some college football or some college sport that trumps them. Remember last year, they delayed the kickoff by about, had to delay the kickoff by about 20 minutes because the UConn women's basketball game went into overtime. Mm. And this time in Los Angeles, no, uh, there was no parking for the final because USC plays across the street. They take priority and there was a night game. So the parking lots were tailgate. There was no, you could not drive and park at Bank of uh, America, Bank of California Stadium. Yeah, that's a large area. Obviously, we played there at the Coliseum a lot, and I know exactly the footprint that that's that's on because it's all the old the old Coliseum, I think, right where the uh, Clippers used to play. So it's already pretty big space. But when you're talking about the university, the university is right there. Mm-hmm. Campus is right there, mm-hmm. so it's just taken over, right? So, yeah, I never thought of that. I was thinking about Jim Curtin, who it's impossible not to feel bad for. If uh, Charms, I think you've had a few exchanges with him. Philadelphia, he's, he's one of those. He comes across, and KJ says this all the time, like we're the nicest men in the in the sport. He, he really comes across as someone that yeah, you, you root for. It's hard to find someone say a bad word about him. Like imagine losing a final that you were leading in the 127th minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, what a story they were, right? And how they've built that team. They haven't spent money. They're one of the lowest payrolls in the entire league. They've just, you know, recruited really well. They, they've grown from within through the system and they just dominated MLS for most of the campaign, right? So you can yeah. just, I mean, yeah, like you said, to be leading the game that late, just, you must be gutted. But I tell you what, who isn't gutted? And that's MLS and that's Don Garber. 
I mean, that <sighs> couldn't have gone any better for him, right? No. Ahead even, of this even Apple LA, deal. Even yeah. LA winning it. Yeah, well, no, exactly. LA winning it, Bale scoring. You know, um, you know, you you didn't want Philly winning it if you're MLS. As, as unfair as that is, you wanted the yeah. the the big market, so to speak, winning it. And like you said, B with Apple taking over. I got an email today. I'm sure you did too, so from MLS saying uh, thank you for 2022. We have got a new home starting next year. Apple TV. So they started already pushing that. And um, how is that going to work? We don't know yet. In Canada, hasn't been. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I tell you what, they're going to sink a lot of money into it. I'm really interested about how they broadcast games. Um, I think it's probably going to be good for the sport over uh, here. So how it, how it works in Canada, whether TSN has has a you know a, agreement in place to still air games. I I don't know. I think People it's the world we live that. in, but I think as things get more fragmented all the time, it's very difficult to grow anything. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. And I think what we've learned from the access that has happened with these streaming services and Fubo is great. You can watch Serie A. You can watch every Premier League game. When I had COVID, I just kept it on the Premier League channel for five days in the basement. It, that was amazing. But these streaming services serve us the already dialed in hardcore better than they serve the sports fan or better than they serve the growth of sport, certainly in this country. Mm -hmm. I think that for as much as you know, linear is changing and you can say linear is dying, when you take it off linear, you immediately limit the access. Yeah, you can't stumble upon a stream. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. No one's ever just flipped through a stream and thought, oh, this foreign sport seems great. I'll just stay <laughs> even here. Some, even some shows, you know, you hear about, you know, oh, you got to see this series. or well, rec Welcome to Wrexham. That's, that's on a platform I've not got. Yeah. You've not seen it then? No. Oh. Come over, buddy. I've got Disney Plus. All right. Yeah. Can we spoon? Mm, I'm not a big spoon guy. No, I'm not with you. You're <laughs> 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 Always on brand. Your level of comedy. It's that about Sam's night, isn't he? Yeah. That's what I thought he was going with. Actually, the last time you were over, you'd be bonded quite well. I thought that's what you were talking about. But no, that's a good idea. I'll, uh, what's it on anyway? What platforms are it on? Disney. It's on Disney+. Plus. Disney, see? Jesus. Like, yeah. Someone hooked Craig up with an illegal stream, are you? Yeah, honestly. Jesus. That's, it's really uh, worth watching. It's great. To Sharma's point, though, that MLS Cup final was a fairy tale, I think, for, for MLS, especially he heading into this new deal. But for Don Garber, one thing I found interesting in his um, halftime you know, State of the Union address, uh, as all the commissioners do, at their big final, he said to Alexei Lawless, um, "You know, I'm I'm really glad that we won't have to talk about expansion anymore when I do these things with you, because that that chapter is coming to an end. And whether that means only one of these cities is going to get uh, the 30th bid, Las Vegas, or he said Sacramento wasn't dead. He's because remember at the start of the pandemic, um, they pulled out of their bid. They'd they'd won." They, they had been granted a team yeah. and they didn't uh, complete the payment and, and uh, had folded that uh, commitment, if you will. And I forget the other city he said now, but it was, he, he made it seem like it wasn't a total green light for Vegas. It wasn't Detroit. What other city was it? It wasn't San Diego. Sacramento could certainly. San Diego. San Diego Thank right? you. Yeah, yes, San that's Diego. exactly it. It was San Sacramento Diego. Sacramento got good crowds. Yeah. Republic for where Deech is. They got knocked out in the semis. They'd be hopeful of that. And let's be honest, at the fees we're talking about, like 30 would make sense, but at the fees we're talking about, 
you only have to look at Major League Baseball and NHL to see 32 works as well. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if, in reality, all three of them. And which Don Garber put in his pocket teams. for each one of these? Who knows? He's got to be in a situation he's similar to Roger Goodell now, right? He's man, look at this ship that he's managed for these billionaires. Toronto SC, ten million now, three fifty. He's probably getting ten million or twenty million a, a franchise. That's I think just, they're going to thirty-two. That's just the buy-in. Um, speaking of big money, can I take things back to the Premier League? Uh, Man City two, Fulham one. The magic is worn off, City. Just a bunch of frauds, don't you think? I mean, Fulham, for God's sakes. <laughs> yep. Well, that penalty was that, that penalty was for me shite. Yeah. It wasn't great, was it? Oh, just had enough on it, just about. Like what the fuck? Like all you have to do is look at his other leg that he doesn't get clipped on, De Bruyne, and he feels it. He does his pirouette. He completely tries to sell it. Doesn't plant his leg and just flops on the ground. He could see the players coming over, and he's almost like. Jeez, was that actually good enough? <laughs> Do you think that's why Holland felt so much pressure? Because he admitted afterwards that that was the most pressure he's felt in his career. Yeah, I know. Eh? Like it seemed like he was taking the piss. Even the reporter was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> maybe yeah, he I don't. Yeah, he's he was very nervous. He said, didn't "Maybe he? he didn't feel right into it because he came off the you know off the subs bench and maybe he didn't feel." He did score a goal though. That's disallowed. Obviously, nice goal would have been yeah. too. Keeper should have saved it. We were talking, and Charms, you made it clear that uh, to let the audience know that you were just, you know, recklessly speculating when we were talking about um, uh, Fonzie's injury and how we all uh, do believe that he'd certainly felt something. Um, I can say this, also recklessly speculating, but I'm very confident in saying that Joao Cancelo's red card was absolute strategy. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Absolutely. That is Absolutely. smart World Cup preparation planning <laughs> for a guy that missed the Euros, remember? And who's one of the best fullbacks in the game right now. Yep. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, it's funny. I'm glad he mentioned that because I forgot I was going to mention that and I had forgotten all about it. The old bulldoze, you mean? Oh, they're both yellows, right? The shoulder the shoulder one? Well, just the fact that like he wasn't going to play out the rest of the season. He was going to give himself two, excuse me, two weeks before the break. Yeah. Uh, two weeks before the tournament starts, excuse me. That that's this is the problem, right? And and everyone who saw Jamie Carragher's rant on CBS in the Champions League week when he's talking about what a disgrace it is, and he kept it specific to just football, not because of Qatar or where it was. Although he did acknowledge there's obviously issues there, but from a footballing perspective, the fact that you've just got one week, as opposed to if you got injured in a normal season in the last two weeks, you still have a chance. It was like no one that gets injured in November is going to play the World Cup. You're denying. All of these players, potentially superstar players, and in our case, especially with Alfonso Davies, you're going to deny them opportunity to play the World Cup just because you wanted to take the money to put it in the winter in a place that could never have done it in the summer? said it before. Nobody gives a shit about the players. Yeah. The the, The leagues are like figured, you know what, we'll just cram them in. Champions League, we'll just cram them in, get that all sorted out before they go. Playing three games a week for two months. It's crazy. It's cr- it's crazy that the although I gotta be honest, as a fan, I loved it. I, yeah, I, I loved having the Champions League as tight as it was. Yeah. That match day six is done at the beginning of November. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. But oh, man, right. I'm a lot of football. It's not it's not good for the players. It's not right for the players and yeah, Man City's going to lose a lot of guys to the uh, World Cup, and maybe that's why they're 
seems like they're kind of running out of steam a little bit. I mean, obviously they're still uh, they were top of the table for an evening. Um, yeah. They're still very much in contention, but they don't look nearly as as dominant. It looked a little more laboring for them against Fulham than anyone well, would have expected. It's, it's, it's a most unusual situation. You're here you're in November. You're actually going to play a World Cup game this month, and you're playing these top brand games where you've got all this going on in your head as well as the club's paying me a freaking millions and millions of dollars, you know, that's who you've got to be pleasing first. And all the club coaches always said that. Always made sure you know where your fucking bread's buttered. It's not international football. It's mm-hmm. right here. So make sure you do it for your club. Because they could see, you know, and you can't help it. You see some teams and watch them, some individuals play and they're just, they're just off edge. And I don't know what that is like. It's, it could be Craig. It could be like you kind of. It could be that players just have their one eye on the World Cup at this point, and if you mm-hmm. can just get through this crazy few weeks, which City are just about managing, and you're right, they're not their best. But if you get through this, two points back of Arsenal, and then you can refocus in the new year. Bear in mind, though, I think well, Spain and Italy, and I think Germany, they all come back from the World Cup, and and they don't get back into action until the first or second week of January. England's the only league that gets back on fucking Boxing Day. Actually, I think some of them got cup games three days after the World Cup final. <laughs> it's, insane. <laughs> it's, in, it's insane. Well, yeah. you have normal international breaks too, right? Like uh, when Canada qualified, uh, what, was their, what was their last game? Was it Panama? They went to Panama? Or was it Costa Rica? No, that was oh, first, right? Panama was the last one. Panama was last. Yeah, they were hoping they, that that wouldn't be a game that mattered, and they were, they were right. They were right. And then, <laughs> and it was Wednesday or a th- what? Could it have been a Thursday? I don't remember, but I remember us doing that show, Craig, and getting like Sam Atakubi in the air, going to Turkey, rushing back for the weekend. And it was like he he wasn't sure if he was going to be available, but he was told he better turn up to be available. And the coach's decision whether he was or not, yeah. And it was like a something like a eleven hour turnaround or something. It's insane. So the Fly, flying around the world and playing, yeah. But you know, I, I forget who was saying this. Um, people blaming the World Cup for this this condensed schedule, right? But it it's not that that actually isn't something you can blame the World Cup on, really. All the clubs. And UEFA agreed to this schedule, right? They they could have gone through June and extended the season that way, but they chose not to because that would cut into their lucrative summer tours, uh, right? So they they all agreed. Okay, we'll just condense it then. In that case, I mean, I'd, the, to hell with the players' health. But when the clubs complain about it, and and you know it's, this this being known for some time now, and yeah. yeah, the World Cup shouldn't be in the winter. We understand that, but um, there was a solution that wouldn't have meant cramming all these Champions League games in such, such a short window. But they chose not to. I'll tell you what, it's incredible, Craig. If we get a couple of games that are as entertaining as Leeds four, Bournemouth three, this might be the most entertaining World Cup ever. Oh, we can only hope. What a game. Your game of the season, buddy? Well, I mean, not from the quality standpoint. I mean, Bournemouth <laughs> scored three in the first half. They could have had six. Yeah. I mean, the leads were all over the shop, and they were the fans were starting to mumble, and Jesse Marsh looked like he looked really like he'd aged like six or seven years and thought maybe I should phone the wife and tell her to pack the bags and fucking the turnaround and the the performance in the second half was unbelievable. They were so good. And, 
to come back and you could just see Jesse Martin. What come on? What, what? Three, two, three. <laughs> right. three, three. And then Nick it at the end. It was I couldn't keep my eyes off. It was it was absolutely brilliant from the first minute, from the penalty when Lees went one nil up. It was like an MLS game, which is fitting that I've been calling them Major Leeds Soccer ever since I heard uh, Roger Bennett or Davo say it on Men in Blazers. Yeah, yeah. It was more of a dignified celebration too this time around from Marsh, right? It was not not the there's no none of this snapping, right? <laughs> it was it was just a really good, meaningful, tight hug of his coaches. Like, yeah. oh, how, how do we manage that? Yeah, how do we manage that? We just saved ourselves again. Two I would, massive matches, but it can't be good for his health. Holy shit. No, be. no, it can't be. Hopefully he uh hopefully he's a healthy guy. He looks like he's still he looks well, like that he's would explain the tight pants, right? The tight jeans. Maybe it's like um you wear those uh, what they called compression compression socks, right? And when you're flying for to, to avoid deep vein thrombosis, maybe that's why he wears them. There are, there's a few wearing the tight pants. I, I I thought Arteta, if he bent over, he might split his pants if he lost his shit. He had the, the, the Brennan cut as well, did he? Yeah, I was waiting for that split. Pep could do that easily enough. Mm-hmm. Wait, Charmin, did you just reveal some uh, Belgian defender we need to be worried about? The the, Bre- <laughs> the Brennan cut. No, no, your th- your disease that you named there. Thrombosis. Oh, D-vein thrombosis. <laughs> <laughs> He's a right back. He's coming through the system. From Anderlecht. Yeah, legend. Watch yeah. out. <laughs> be afraid. Yeah, be he plays next to Tillemans. <laughs> Ooh, what a goal he scored by the way yeah he's, he's rounding into form isn't he at just the right time for canada god is he ever i know oh, if it's not De Bruyne, on that right foot oh, beautiful goal he's a good player he was he was the, the, one of the players i was most looking forward to at the euros and i think my dog is also very excited about Tillemans as well. definitely yeah or maybe that was jc impersonating parking <laughs> dog <laughs> i bet you could <laughs> um He's impressed, but so is James Madison, right? Assisted both goals. He's fallen out of favor with Southgate. He's got to be on that plane to Qatar, Sharm. I don't know, man. I mean, the, the squad's being announced on Thursday. It's yeah. going to be a big week, everyone, for the World Cup be. squads. Can't wait. I, I, I don't know. I mean, what was once the strength for England, which was all the right backs, now they're thin at right back. The, uh, I don't know. I mean, Madison's playing great. He has to go, I would think, the way he's playing at the moment. But does Mason Mount lose out as a result? I think so. To be honest, I mean, you you pick players on form. Do you though? You, you should. should. You should. But Southgate's shown this this habit of just going on who's done it what for him lately. You know, he's a very loyal guy. Yeah, Sterling shouldn't be there on merit, but he he'll be there for sure. <laughs> but look, this is there's such a difference, right, between the Euros last summer when they knew the final was at Wembley. So essentially it was a home it was a home tournament for them. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knew that whatever happened in that final, whatever happened in that tournament, that the World Cup was going to be the, the the test. This was all a play up to the World Cup, a build up to the World Cup. Now he knows or must feel like he's done at the end of this World Cup. And I don't think anyone feels that England's as in in as strong a position as they were in the Euros, and that team that was penalty away from winning the, the European Championship at the World Cup. In a, in a way, it must feel like, like, like what what can he do? Unless they win the World Cup, like mm-hmm. what can he? This is what all gives, ending. Yeah, anyway. what, what saves his job right. at this point, which is really unfair, because he's done a really good job. A World Cup semi final, a European final. I in my lifetime, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah this guy yeah. still gets no respect. 
even this weekend, the, the tabloids are all linking uh, Thomas Tuchel with with the uh, the vacancy in the England job. He hasn't even <laughs> quit yet or been fired. He's preparing for the biggest tournament in, in I don't know how long. No. Well, they're going to give to John. They're going to give to John Herdman. Maybe give yep. to a German. Come on, <laughs> it's always the way, though, isn't it? Always the way. These managers are under so much pressure, and they can't make the right choice. They're going to get slaughtered by somebody if they somebody's let, being left out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the only thing that they can save themselves with is uh, winning, you know, or having you know really good performance or and losing in the semifinals, something like that. The usual. Yeah, well, yeah. Winning is all that Newcastle seem to do. Eddie Howe's fine side from Tyneside. Holy hell, they're good. They're legitimately good. Well, how did it end in the end? Excuse me, four was it four, four one. one in the end? Four one. Did you see? Oh. Uh, did you see your boys Almiron's latest oh. goal? Oh, he's a goal machine, man. And they're not just goals; they're like things of beauty, art pieces. Oh, incredible! Love the guy. He's yeah. he's fast emerging into my all-time likable eleven. Yeah, I liked him before. <laughs> I liked him before. I really did. I was just hoping he was going to do better. And I was like, oh, I don't know about, you know, he, he just, he didn't really do that well to not when the, you got a team that's got a lot of you know, deep pockets. He's like, you better pick your game up. Boy, did he ever pull his finger out of his ass? Well, he's, but he's, he's like the poster boy for that, that of players who didn't do anything under Steve Bruce. And now the exact same players under Eddie Howe are now doing something, you know, from Joel Linton. To Callum Wilson, you know, um, Jesus, who else I'm thinking of? Uh, Longstaff. John Joe Shelby was looking great before he got hurt. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like poor Steve Bruce is saying, you pricks. <laughs> you you, you had that in pricks. you the whole time. Like, he's, no, Eddie Howe's even got stiff wood, Chris Wood, turning on balls like Cruyff. Hey, Wilson went off a half time. Was, it, was he hurt? Do you know? I don't know. I had it on as one of three. I, I, just I mean, assume, it, I assume he's hurt because it's Callum Wilson then because he was being linked with a, a ticket on the plane to the World Cup. So, oh, and this is pulling a Fonzie. Mm. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> um, speaking yeah. of the World Cup and one standout from this game, um, last year, few people knew who Bruno Guimaraes was. Now well, he looks like... Name. He's going to be more important to Brazil's chances at this World Cup than Neymar. He's, he, he could well come out of this World Cup as a superstar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Few could pronounce his name. There was even some hosts, actually, that thought that uh, Newcastle had bought the club in Portugal, Guimarães, <laughs> as opposed to a player that was Brazilian. <laughs> I think we made that joke, didn't we? One of us made that joke on this show. It wasn't a joke. You did that. You know, but I didn't really think they signed the club. I said bullshit. To, no, no, I, I said it to confuse. I said it. We'll find <laughs> that to to confuse you, and it worked. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, no, the no, way no, your delivery, it, it didn't seem like you knew. No, no, if, I knew. Then that's the best. That's the that's the most clever like prank or bit you've ever pulled on me ever, <laughs> because I I did not at all think you knew. It, the, you'd, you'd set that up perfectly. I will find the clip and play. I'm pretty that. sure. I mean, listen, Christ. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I completely forget the episode, but I, I don't <laughs> think I got that confused over it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it sounded like you did. I'll Regardless, play the clip. he's really good, and um, if he gets on the field for Brazil, which I presume yeah, he will, I presume he will as well. What's West Ham doing on the pitch, Craig? Making Jesus. a lot of mistakes. Are they ever? They can't do themselves any favors, no. and uh, you know, victim of a, a un, very unlucky bounce, a very fortunate deflection for Palace, but another dramatic late winner um, against a team that 
doesn't really win games. But uh, that's West Ham now. They don't really win games either. Yeah, did you uh, happen to see the equalizing goal at Zaha? So West Ham got control. Fabianski rolls it out center back. Center back plays it out to the right back. It's absolutely pissing down. It's slick as fuck. He pings it at him like he would do in training when you go. a guy would go, come on, test my touch. Like, And he put it in and he dropped it into him. Like it was coming with unbelievable pace. And at that level, you normally would, yeah, would expect him to control it, but it got away from him a bit. And then boom. Zaha just capitalized like they, you pay for your mistakes, boy, oh boy. And then this, and then late in the game, West Ham are pushing. Antonio's got the ball on the touchline. He's cutting in, looking for somebody to find, win the game, and he clips it right into the goalkeeper's hands. And the goalkeeper just fires it out. Now they're on the break. Deflection, goal, another set of points or point they have left on the table again. Are they turning against Moyes yet? They are, you know, again, you know, but it's like, ah. There's a line in a Stormzy song. Charms, I know you've never heard of it. Stormzy's the biggest rapper in England. I know him because uh, he's good mates with Jose Mourinho. That's the only reason I know who he is, obviously. Yeah. There's a line in one of his songs. This is when uh, Moyes was first. When I talk, I get in trouble. That one? (laughs) Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. To, to re reiterate the bit, it's that was Storms' way of connecting with an older audience by bringing in an old guy that he could feature that other people knew. That's what it was. No, he says uh, the line is, "I fuck shit up. I'm David Moyes," and I, I love when whenever there's football references in rap lyrics, especially because I'm not expecting this from listening to Drake or any American rappers. So when it comes up in European rap and British rap. I love it. Um, but yeah, I feel like he's at that he's at that level again, Greg, where the West Ham fans who can be very angry and get very mean very quickly mm-hmm. uh, feel like they have a, a real reason to, to turn on him now. And God, who knows who uh, West Ham might be able to swap him in with midseason as we've seen all of these managers who have jobs getting plucked. Wait, well, Wolves finally finally got their man, eh? Lebategui. Yeah, well, he turned it down initially, That's right? Thought, yeah. So, so what they offer him? Part of Portugal? Must have been something like that. Yeah, <laughs> must have been. <laughs> Maybe some shitty island somewhere. They can't afford to give too much away. Yeah, but it's run by the shell company that is Mendes's enterprise. So I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden uh, Lopetegui's family holidays are at some complex in Lagos, the Algarve. Yeah, I'm, I guarantee his, his demands That's wouldn't have gone down, right? So they obviously just he he weighed them out, mm. or uh, another million or so. Yeah, just a it. mil. Got, got just a few a million, mil. I bet. Um, that's a team that's got a lot of potential, and I think I said it on this show that of thinking about St- Stefan Ostakio and how he has the opportunity, I think, to really impress. I wouldn't be surprised if Wolves. Um, was a team that was circling around him at the end of the World Cup. Yeah, but I wonder though, I mean, is he looking at something bigger than Wolves? And that's, I mean, like he's playing really, really well for Porto. There's going to be some clubs looking for central midfielders pretty soon, some pretty big clubs. Um, even like, let's say let's say West Ham, let's say they have, end up having to lose Declan Rice, which they will at some point, right? <sighs> Can you see a move there? Stachio oh, stepping into those boots? I can. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I got I got tingles there. Yeah, that would be. I'd like that. Yeah. 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 Tillemans is going to Liverpool, right? Allegedly. Leicester, right? Stackio to Leicester. Is Leicester bigger than Wolves in this situation? Well, that's a good question. Craig? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Kind of similar, aren't they? Yeah. But yeah. you know what? You know what a big factor in these decisions are? Who your agents are and who the agent's working with and who they come across and, you know, the deals that are done. And, oh, my God, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. big... Like if uh, if Stacky was with, with uh, Mendez, I would be uh, he'd be there already. <laughs> he'd be there already, right? Already there. Yeah, yeah. I, I that had that. Time. I had that. I I was uh, at West Ham, and I was um, if you sign with this agent, this is what uh, you're going to get for your salary, and if you don't, you won't. Well, hmm. hmm. Okay. <laughs> Where's the pen? You know. Yes. But if I, yeah, it's nuts. Sometimes those are factors. Um, I every time Forrest do something worth talking about, Jimmy seems to not be here. The and that's the, rare. They're not really doing a lot to talk about. No, but the 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 Jimmy Wonger Darby, I would have loved to have gotten into with the two of them uh, to have them tactically break down, especially Wonger, tactically break down how that finished. Yeah, uh, Jimmy could do all. <laughs> Jimmy yeah. could break him down pretty well. Just, I'm mm. not sure Wonga could so well. <laughs> no, he's getting he's getting better. He's getting more more technical, more tactical. He he's now making down, jokes about I knowing think, what the Carabao Cup is. He could break down Ivan Tony's gambling history, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, it takes time. Trouble, it takes time. It's taken him time to get over Christian Eriksen no longer being there. His his icon, B's legend, Christian Eriksen. The first, the first player that Wonger ever loved in the Premier League. <laughs> his first, his first. Yeah. Well, he would have loved Craig. He would have. Lo- he would have been like one of those stalker fans that you would have found annoying. It's a good thing that you met post career. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, oh, hi Dan, you've come over once again to watch me play. Oh, I know. Dan, Dan's the farthest from a, from a jock sniffer. Don't you think? Yeah, no, he's not a jock sniffer. No, he's not a jock sniffer. I didn't so know if like, there was another joke. I, I, I was trying to think of a joke there as well. Another sniffer, but couldn't think right. of it. Mary <laughs> Tannenbaum's a jock sniffer. Who is? Mary. Oh, well, is he? He, he, uh, he approves or he gives a thumbs up on the big money that they spend, so I'm all good about the, some of the big names they bring in. Drake's a, a, a jock sniffer. Oh, yeah. That, that a fact. <laughs> Actually, um, Jermaine Defoe was on the Peter Crouch podcast last week. Really good interview, actually. It's funny. And he, he spoke a lot about TFC and Did he? The, the call from Drake. Oh, shit. And he actually, you know, he says he really, really loved Toronto, loved playing here. But the, um, was it, who was it who called him to get him back there? Was it David Moyes at Sunderland? Was it Moyes? Could have been Moyes that there? was there think- with when Josie left. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It, it goes, the reason he, he went back, he goes, well, they called me and I just had, I really missed the Premier League, as simple as that. But he also, Craig, spoke about his early days at West Ham hmm. with Canio and Lampard and, and Foot Rio. Didn't mention you, though. I was like, come on, mention Craig Forrest. He didn't mention <laughs> you, but he goes how much he enjoyed it and just what it was like breaking through with those players. It was a really good chat. Yeah, Look, I'm here to promote They don't podcasts. talk about goalkeepers. <laughs> no. Exactly. Not, not, not Jermaine, especially. Not, not a couple of strikers talking about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I love that. 
All right. Well, uh, we've done something insane, guys. We've got to a, a, an hour, and we've actually talked about everything, even though we didn't necessarily go in the order I had intended. Uh, really? I've not got anything on my list. I think we've hit it all. Uh-huh. MLS Cup, Fonzie, every prem. Was there yeah. another story that I, I teed you up for? I don't think so. Or that you were excited about? Or yeah, that you wanted really... to talk about watching the Premier League on fubo.tv slash footy prime? Did I get Holy it right? shit, Juventus beat Inter Milan 2-0. Jesus. I've not got time for the other leagues. At the Sorry. Just, I, just, it's not, I was just scanning the uh, live there? score here. And, There's oh, just wow. not enough hours in the day. What's that too? I didn't even watch the World Series last night. I had the Leafs game the on. What? <laughs> oh, there'll be a game game seven. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there, will, there will not be. The, the well, the Leafs are playing right now as well. Games. And I watched snooker today. If that means I would really dislike Houston. Yeah, yeah. It's although I will say that I'm happy for Dusty Baker to win a ring. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, is it 68, 69? You know, there's a story of him. He, he left his music. A story of him bumping into Jimi Hendrix in the street in the sixties, and both of them smoking a joint together. How really cool is that? Jimi Hendrix was a really good guitar player. <laughs> yeah, I know he is. He didn't play in the midfield for Norwich um, no. when uh, Jimmy. Is that, was is that Jeff Hendrix? You're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Different spelling, I think. Uh, actually, Jimmy. Craig, you made me look it up. Your reaction there when I said that he was uh, in his late 60s. He's older. He's 73. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. I honestly thought it was like he's been around for sixty-eight years. He's the oldest manager to win a World Series. I bet he's not. I bet you he's not either. Sparky Anderson was like a hundred, wasn't he, when he won? No, he was like a hundred when he retired. When I was a kid, they won. I mean, Tommy Lasorda must have been was pretty old, wouldn't he? This is how we're going to end the show in the <laughs> oldest manager to win a World Series. <laughs> oh, I know who it is, uh, and he managed the Tigers as well, Jack McKeon. Is the oldest manager. Oh, wait a second. Oh, no. He's, this must be tipped. This must be pipped by uh, by Dusty. In 2003, Jack McKeon was 72. Ooh. So Dusty Rhodes is the, is the oldest. <laughs> what? Dusty Rhodes? What are you talking about? <laughs> also, I've just confused Jack McKeon with Jim Leland, by the way. So any Tigers fan out there would could just have me for that. I'm sure my brother is... Swearing at the phone, having heard me got it wrong. If you're still listening to our podcast, we just appreciate that. No one so, is. Thank you for downloading. Follow us on the socials, footy underscore prime on Twitter. We are on YouTube We're trying to put as many video pieces up as possible because for some reason you appreciate our faces. Um, so you can find really? the prime channel at footy prime. Yeah, it's crazy. They tweet us and say, want to see more of this? And, oh, fuck. I don't want to do the work to put it up there. So. I sit there with my finger up my ass. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> whatever well, it takes to get you through a show, Craig. Show us your hands, Craig. Show us your hands. That's why I'm always available. Unlike the other Canadian <laughs> international that's uh, busy being a good dad and doing other shit all the time. Yeah, he took him to the the Toronto Raptors game, and uh, I told him, I said, uh, I turned down a couple of tickets because I had a podcast tonight. <laughs> Still getting used to the whole being reliable as a media professional thing, I guess. Craig's just loyal. That's right. He's loyal. He's a, he's a one pod man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does that mean really? So on Monday, I'm not going to see him on room four four two. Not Monday, no. No Tuesday, though. <laughs> sort of. Okay. Actually, yeah. we have Stephen Hart on this week. Actually, we got Stephen Hart. Legend. 
Um, I feel really uh, bad for what happened to Halifax. Well, I shouldn't say bad, but it's unfortunate to see. I think he's that- great. I emailed him. I said, "Would you be available?" And his reply was, "Well, I'm not doing much else these days." <laughs> <laughs> Superb. He's, he's in Club Craig right now. Then, yeah. <laughs> so you did do an interview with Stephen Hart? No, I'm you- this week. Oh, okay. I'm not sure when yet, but this week. Great right. guy. Well, we can look forward to to watching that. And if you didn't see the Roger Bennett interview or if you listened to it and wondered what we look like, you can see the entire video on our YouTube channel as well. So please do check that out because that took me hours to do. It was a great, great chat. Oh, and we should mention that um, let's not give away who it is, but this Tuesday on interview is, I I presume, is going to be an all-timer. It's definitely up there. If, If you've wondered if we'd ever get back to the vibe of the tent, we're not doing this in person. This is one of those shows where we'll have got there. And as someone who's who's been mentioned on this podcast by Craig, I don't know a thousand times, regaling stories of the past. Now I won't be around for this particular interview. Which I'm you're going to miss this out. one? Oh no, I am. I know. You got to take the helm, B. <sighs> I, I I might not even be able to start it from the beginning. Oh really? <laughs> It's, I, I just imagine that. it's going to be a tornado that's just going to be <laughs> all over the place. It's going to be like an MLS final, Greg, just chaotic. That's what I would anticipate. Yeah. This, this Even chat. a broken lip. Times, times three. Yeah, times three. I can, yeah. I just try and uh, keep up. It, I just anticipate there will just be chaos, laughs, nudity. It'll just be nuts. Hopefully we don't see any. <laughs> hey. And all the best to Max. Get well soon, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad everybody's pulling for you. And congratulations. How fucking weird is that? In the same sentence, like it's just very bizarre. Broken leg, red card, and a ring. Amazing. Yeah, congratulations wow. on a great season. Yeah. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. As he, as he rehabs for the next uh likely couple of months. But if he's smart, if he's smart, um he now he'll be suspended when he gets back, right? For the red card. Oh, that's right. So if they if they do it right, they can like <laughs> say he's available a little bit earlier than he really is, recovering from the well, broken they can leg. Time it, there you yeah, go. can time it right, so he won't actually miss any actual actual playing time. Because that's that's I mean it was the right call. It was a red card, but how how cruel is that? Yeah, Double whammy. Yeah. And he went over and yellow card him first, and he's laying there with his leg flopping around, and it's like <sighs> sorry. I think that's why they hesitated, right? Because the, they knew immediately the VAR call probably before they, uh, the medical crew had even got to him to actually see what the problem was. But the but Stu Holden, who's had some devastating leg injuries himself, <laughs> recognized immediately. That's right. And I wonder yes. if he had seen it in live and flagged the producers, we're not playing this replay. Or no, if no, they would they would there, they would have said right away, and the producers would have said to him. Um, they probably would have said we're not showing. They probably would have said, and then he just repeated, said, "Listen, we're not going to show it." Mm. You know, that's generally the the rule of thumb when there's something that that's bad, that bad. You know, mm-hmm. but you could clearly see see that there was, you know, he it's not. It well, we could we could bad. see it watching on a PVR and going back, but in the in the moment, even having the opportunity to do that, I was like, "Show me the replay." Waiting before yeah. Stu had said they weren't going to. Because I, I think you could see that it was quick, but to be honest, I, I felt as though the way the Philly attacker had, had gone, mm-hmm. uh, 
that it seemed that he was tripped, yes, but he didn't go through Max. It didn't look like, and I, I guess initially I'm thinking a head contact as well, right? But it didn't seem that. It looked like he just his leg was out and he tripped him. I wasn't, I didn't see initially um, what looked like a break. But, well, I say uh, I put an end to the show because <laughs> these 10 minute goodbyes tend to be a thing when, when I'm at the helm. <laughs> Appreciate you all listening. You're definitely going to want to listen to Tuesday's interview episode and please keep buying newspapers. Oh, let's go. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Donna, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.